Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. What's up, everybody, on a Thursday? One more day, just one more day until regional play begins. I'm Michael Bork. Glad that you guys are with me right here on the morning live stream. It is great to be with you. Like I said, just one more day. Um, Let me do the quick math here. So Mississippi State starts at 2 o'clock, right? So what are we, 30 hours? 30 hours or so from uh, at least Mississippi. Mississippi State beginning regional play. And then, of course, uh, Southern Miss will also start at 2 o'clock. So, yeah, 30 hours, I think, from uh, Mississippi State and Southern Miss getting started. And then Old Miss starting uh, on Friday night. I've got a bunch to get to with you. Uh, we did get the official decision from Old Miss about who they're going to start. I have not seen anything confirmed from Mississippi State, though it does certainly sound like they're leading, leaning away from McLeod or Bedner. On um, I, well, actually, maybe not. I, I heard yesterday from from my colleague that um, they're considering Bedner on Friday night, Friday afternoon. Uh, I have not seen anything official though. So if you guys have, help me out. I haven't seen it. I, I've looked at like the official accounts and stuff like that, and have not seen an official uh, starter listed for Mississippi State. So if I'm talking about this inaccurately, please let me know. Uh, but as far as I understand it right now, as of 8.15 on this Thursday morning, Ole Miss's name to starter, Mississippi State has not, as far as I know. So if if I have missed it, y'all help me out and uh, and let me know. Um, would you mind if I started with this, though? It's just something that's it's just that's eaten at me. We had huge news yesterday in the college basketball world. Mike Krzyzewski has decided – to retire after the season, and he has so much power at Duke that he named his successor, and everybody there at Duke just rubber-stamped it and moved on. Mike Krzyzewski, I'm not saying that he's not, as a basketball legend. Uh, college basketball's dealt with a lot lately, with um, the FBI arresting a bunch of coaches and people involved, and then all of this stuff that has followed, you've had two legendary coaches resign recently. College basketball is kind of going through a transition period, for sure. The G League has this new team where all the best players are going to go play for it. It's a weird time in college basketball. And then the transfer portal that Mississippi State is greatly benefiting from. Ole Miss has actually done a, a nice job in the portal as well, at least on a couple of guys. Um, it's changing a lot. And we lost, at least after this season, a legend. Mike Krzyzewski is a legend in basketball. He is and always will be. One of the greatest to ever live. Um, But we've got to stop pretending like Mike Krzyzewski was not, not only a beneficiary, but a driving force behind the 
air quotes, corruption in college basketball. I, I mean, I, column after column yesterday, story after story about how Mike Krzyzewski is leaving behind or leaving college basketball because of the changing landscape and the corruption, and he was a good guy that did it the right way, and he's getting out now before it's too late. We've got to stop that. I mean, I read a column this morning. Here's just a paragraph from a column that was emailed to me this morning. Um, He tried his damnedest in recent years to prevent the demise of the college game, warning everyone who listened that the infrastructure was decaying. But what he developed in Durham, a highly desirable fortress where team and academia came first while elite players were prepared for the next level, deteriorated elsewhere into teenage hero ball in the accompanying sleaze. Dirkbag coaches waged corrupt recruiting wars, enlisted jail-bound assistants to offer everything from illegal payments to sex, and regular seasons were so ragged they became unwatchable. What are we doing? USA Today ran a column like that. Everybody's just, we've got to stop that. Where we pretend like this guy that's up on this pedestal, a legend, did not benefit the most from a corrupt, air quotes, system. How do you think he was getting all of these elite level players? Was it, I mean, even to mention academia is so incredibly stupid when it comes to Duke and basketball and Mike Krzyzewski and his acquisition of players. The same thing needs to be done when Nick Saban retires. Although Nick Saban's got a bunch more titles than Mike Krzyzewski. Um, Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach to ever live, in my opinion. His process, his method is excellent. Yes, now he gets the best players in the country. It's much easier to win with the best players in the country. But it's undeniable that his process, his ability to hire assistants, uh, the standard in which he requires from his players, his program is a machine. But when Nick Saban does retire, I don't think you're going to see anybody talk about the right way. At least you shouldn't, because Alabama, just like every other team that wins, wins in college athletics, is doing it not the right way. If you are winning in major college athletics, you aren't doing it the right way. Nobody is. Nobody has ever won a championship in modern college athletics. All the way back to, I mean, the genesis of college sports, even though, by the way, uh, cheating was happening in the very beginning of college football. You can read about it. It's actually quite fascinating. We've been cheating since the beginning. Nobody has won anything of value in college sports well, high-level college sports. I'm not talking about old Mrs. Women's golf team. I'm talking about football and basketball. Nobody has won anything in football and basketball with that with doing it completely the right way. We we got to stop talking about it like that. It's just insane. It's silly because look at the players that Mike Shashevsky was able to acquire, and then look at the schools that were also recruiting these players and the process in which college basketball players were being recruited. You're really telling me that it was academia and just a good guy that was able to get players like Zion, who I love I, I love Zion. I'm a huge Zion fan. He's the best. I love that kid. But he didn't go to Duke because of the academia. It's 
Just a coincidence, I'm sure, that after he goes to Duke, a Nike school, he signs with Nike in the Jordan brand. I'm sure that is is just a total coincidence. It's not. The process of recruiting in college basketball has been exposed, and the guy that recruits as good, if not better, than anybody else in the sport is doing it the same way. So this stuff is just absurd when talking about Mike. And here's a quote that, that JP puts in here. I saw this yesterday from from Jeff Goodman. Um, he's obviously nearing the end of his career, but name, image, and likeness coming into college basketball and the transfer portal being out of control definitely sped up his timeline. He's in his 70s. He's in his 70s. It's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> he says, I got to emphasize with the man here, the thought of teenagers that earned him all his wealth and good name being treated and compensated like human beings would be too much for any man to bear. <laughs> hey, don't forget Dabo Sweeney said that if college players start getting paid, he's going to quit and find something else to do because there's too much entitlement in this world. That's what the $7 million a year football coach said. So now that players are getting paid, Dabo's got to retire as well. That's how this works. But I, I know you guys want to talk baseball, and I, I'm going to get to baseball. I just I had to, to get that out because I, I, I've read and seen so much commentary about Mike Krzyzewski where people are lying about it being done the right way. It's just ridiculous. He is as big, if not the biggest benefactor in college basketball's corruption as anybody else in the country. Th- th- those players aren't going to Duke for free or by accident or because of great academics. They're going to Duke because that's how college basketball works. And I'm fine with that. I understand that Alabama's getting players not just because Nick Saban puts guys in the NFL. That certainly helps. But when you hear somebody like Cowherd say out loud that Alabama does not pay recruits at all because they don't have to, it's just laughable. It's laughable because it's not rooted in any kind of reality. Mike Krzyzewski's a legend, one of the greatest coaches to ever live. That's how he should be looked at. But stop inserting the right way and all that crap into your analysis of what he did. Just don't even mention it. It's it's just not worth it because that's part of the game. That's how it works. It's part of the game. If you're not doing that, you're not winning. So that's just how it works. So don't try to lie to everybody and say that he's doing it. It's we are so dishonest. People in, in this business are so dishonest or, or willfully ignorant to reality. It's one of the two. There's no in between. We're either completely dishonest or we're willfully ignorant because here's how major college basketball programs get players. Those players, the scheme got exposed by the FBI. Too. I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. A lot of these players, um, they will have – agents or somebody working on their behalf they will um whether it be through shoe companies like nike who's done it before or adidas who had people go to jail um these agents these aau coaches or whatever will be sponsored by or work with shoe companies who will steer these particular players to certain schools that happen to also be sponsored by that shoe company, and then the player goes to that school, and then when they make it to the NBA, they magically get a sponsorship from the same shoe company. And in some cases, players just get houses and cars and cash, and that, that's how it works. That's how you get players. It, 
when Nick Saban retires, I will uh, talk very fondly of him. I, I respect the hell out of Nick Saban. I can't stand him because he's just uh, he's dominated the SEC for so long and nobody else gets a chance here. I respect Nick Saban a lot. He's the best coach to ever live in college football. The best. But you're going to see people talk about how he did it the right way. And that's not true. And that's okay. He did what, what had to be done. He did what had to be done. So Dabo needs to retire, though. He said he would. He said if kids start getting paid, oh, the the evils of a 20-year-old kid getting paid for work that he did. Un- I mean, unbelievable. How awful must that be? Just I, thinking about it makes me sick. Uh, he's got to retire now, unless, uh, unless he's not a man of his word. So, um. Craig, I'm going to put the uh, the women's U.S. Open talk on hold today. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, if anything, inter- the, the setting's beautiful, though. My gosh, the setting is just stunning where the women's U.S. Open is. Um, I almost spent a lot of time on here talking about Simone Biles, though, last week. Uh, I, I saw a story. I think I did talk about it a little bit on here, didn't I, where um, she has uh, stunts in her arsenal. Uh, that nobody else is willing to even try, that she can do things that nobody else in the world is willing to try. That's how good she is. She's the pound for pound. She, I think she might be the best athlete to ever live, the best pure athlete to ever live, pound for pound. I mean, she's tiny. You guys know that. Um, when you're talking about greatest athletes to ever live, I know it's kind of a niche sport. So, you know, people think Bo Jackson or, or somebody like that. I think Simone Biles needs to be in that conversation. Uh, but I saw a story last week, I almost talked to you guys about it, where because she is able to do things that nobody is even willing to try, uh, they are capping her score, basically, where they are limiting what her score can be because it's not fair to the other girls because she can do things that they're not willing to try. And I, I, I think I talked to you guys about this because it, it actually angered me. I was, I was genuinely mad about that concept because sports is supposed to be pushing limits and when you're better than everybody else your score is higher than everybody else your score is higher than everybody else that's sports if you're the best you get scored like the best there's no bias nothing Simone Biles can do things that none of the other girls can do and she gets punished for that they they cap her score because she's too good that's garbage that reading that story, I think it was in the New York Times. Uh, I tweeted a link out to it. If you may have to scroll down a little bit, if you actually want to read it, I know the Olympics are coming up later this year. Um, she's definitely the greatest in her sports history. I think pound for pound, she needs to be in the conversation for for greatest athlete to ever live, and especially with how accomplished she is in an extremely difficult sport. But can you believe that? Because she's the only one with the guts and the talent to try stunts. Her score is capped. That's insane to me. And it, You want to talk about corruption. Olympics and FIFA and international competition, it's the most corrupt thing in sports. Capping Simone Biles' score because she's too good. Give me a break. That's what you do for like the nine-year-old that's six foot four. 
Like you, you only, you, you make him play offensive line because physically, it, it, you know, kids aren't fully developed yet. I understand that, but um, yeah, literally capping her score because she's too good. And that seriously, it made me mad. But you guys aren't here to talk about Olympics. You're here to talk about baseball. And since nobody corrected me, I, I will go on the assumption that Mississippi State has yet to assign a starter. And now that I've said that, now that I'm about to talk about it, uh, the second I get done, the second I am no longer live, Mississippi State will have announced officially their starter. Uh, I I don't quite understand uh, the line of thinking about Bednar starting instead of McLeod. Um, I guess it's a lefty-righty thing, as as it was put to me yesterday. Um, if you're going to start one of those two guys, why don't you just roll with McLeod and, and just have a regular weekend? But uh, if it were me, for whatever it's worth, uh, I have yet to see it. But if it were me, um, I would go Harding or somebody like that against a Samford team that that you're just better than in all in all facets and offensively you you should be able to take care of business. I do uh, considering how easy easy um considering who your opponents are in this regional. Um I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world either to just go McLeod Bender and and just make sure you're 2 and 0 and make somebody beat you twice. That that that's something that I would consider also if I were Chris Limonis. But um, Chad thinks that they're going to pitch a right-hander. Yeah, it, it, my first decision would be neither McLeod nor Bender and just throw a righty, whoever they decide on. Um, because Samford is not one of the fours that that really can beat you. I, I mean, I know it's baseball, and Mississippi State lost to Samford, right, a couple years ago in a regional, I think. Um, I mean, anybody can beat you on any given day, but – you're significantly better than Samford in, in every facet of the game. If I were Chris Limonis, I wouldn't throw either one of those two guys. Uh, they would be off limits for me. Uh, that's just me. I have, again, I, I told you guys earlier, colleague yesterday, Brian Haydad, said that they're considering throwing Bedner, which is interesting. I wouldn't do it, but I also don't get paid a million dollars to coach baseball. Um, so joke's on me. But... uh we did get official word, though, from uh, from Ole Miss. And Derek Diamond is going to be starting for uh, for Ole Miss. We talked about it a couple of times, so I won't spend too terribly much time on it today because you guys know by now what I think about it. I think it's the right decision. I think it's a good call. Uh, Mike Bianco told us on Monday that the um, – <laughs> JB, you're not kidding. You called the 12th game last week. Go ahead and name a starter. Um, neither McLeod nor Bender. I wouldn't throw either one. That's just me. Wouldn't throw either one. Take your pick on, uh, I mean, you know, maybe Harding. Um, the audition last week good, would, didn't go particularly well, but Samford is very different than Florida. So I'd consider giving that another shot personally. Um, just if you get through Samford and you have McLeod and Bender and Sims all available, you're going three and zero in your regional and doing it with relative ease. Um, so that would be my approach if I if I were Mississippi State, and we'll find out. I'm telling you guys, it's just my luck. It's just how this has worked for me. The second I 
stop this live stream, we will get an announcement from Mississippi State. And like I'm scrolling through Twitter right now, just seeing if they've made an announcement yet. It does not appear that they have done that, but I'm waiting, waiting for that to uh, to happen. I haven't checked any of the boards or anything this morning either, so maybe uh, maybe that's happened. Um, so we don't have anything from Mississippi State yet, but we did get the word from Ole Miss and, and Derek Diamond. It is like I said a second ago; it is the right call. I think it is absolutely the right call, and I think it was a very easy call to make for Mike Bianco because of the way he pitched against Vanderbilt last week. If Diamond isn't good last week, if he gets chased in four and a third and gave up five runs to Vanderbilt or whatever, um, he's not pitching tomorrow. Um, last week's performance gave Mike Bianco confidence uh, to make this decision, and I think it's the correct one. And simply put, because if if you can't beat SEMO with Derek Diamond, you're sure as hell not beating Southern Miss or Florida State with, with Derek Diamond. Um, I think it's really that simple. Got some stats here. This is interesting. Diamond has three starts and five appearances against Massey teams ranked lower than... Uh, I think you had a typo there. Sorry for those of you, those of you listening in podcast form. I'm going to try to read this again. He has three starts and five appearances against teams ranked lower than Ole Miss. 74 innings pitched with a 6 ERA, 1.47 whip, 18 Ks, and five walks. Opponents are hitting a slash of 283, 342, and 450 with an OPS of 790. Hasn't faced any of these opponents as of late, but there may be something to the playing with or down to lesser competition. Yeah, I had somebody ask me about that yesterday. You would hope that that a regional is a little bit different as far as you know the the mentality going into a start, seeing is that it is the postseason, there'll be twelve thousand or so people there, you know, seasons on the line kind of thing. So maybe that changes that. But I think it's the right call. And you will not hear me. And the same thing goes for Mississippi State. If if McLeod or Bender don't start, I will not criticize Chris Limonis if it does not work because I think it's the right move. Sometimes even the right call doesn't get rewarded. Same thing here. If somehow Derek Diamond does not beat Simo last night, I will not criticize that decision because I think it is the correct one, even if it doesn't work. And like I said, if Derek Diamond cannot beat Southeast Missouri State tomorrow night, he sure as hell isn't beating Southern Miss or Florida State. It's just not going to happen that way. So um, it's the right move. It's I could I, I saw and would have justified both decisions, but at the end of the day, it's Southeast Missouri State. They're throwing a guy that's equivalent to a good Sunday arm in the SEC. They have bats that have not seen stuff uh, like Derek Diamond is going to have. And they also, um, on top of everything else, Derek Diamond's been more effective against much worse or much better batting lineups. It's a sound decision. It's the right one. It's the best way to win a regional. You have Doug Nikhazy in either a get-to-Sunday game or get-out-of-the-losers-bracket game, which you would feel incredibly confident in. It's the right move. And if it does not work, you will not hear me criticizing it because this is what should happen, and it's their best chance at winning the regional. So I think it's a very easy, easy decision. And um, 
almost fans should feel confident in their team. I mean, how are you guys feeling about this weekend? We talked about it some yesterday. I'll pull up the the poll. Uh, just general confidence from fans yesterday. And we never know how honest this actually is. Because when we say Ole Miss fans only, I'm sure Mississippi State fans vote. When we say Mississippi State fans only, I'm sure that Ole Miss fans vote. So this isn't exactly scientific. But we put the polls out there yesterday on the radio show. Just how conf- what's your confidence level? Um, how confident are you? And we had four options, not worried at all, cautiously optimistic, a little worried, and terrified. For state fans, they were 25% not worried at all, 54% cautiously optimistic, 15 was a little worried, and 6% for terrified. For Ole Miss fans, it was 11% not worried at all, 30% cautiously optimistic, 29% 29% a little worried and 29% terrified. <laughs> so a little bit of a, a different feeling uh, between Ole Miss and State fans. And, and I think in, in part, it's a mentality thing. Talked about it yesterday some. Um, State fans are, are generally more confident in their teams because their teams have risen to the occasion more often in situations like this. They've been to Omaha more recently, as you guys know, with three different coaches. And there's just something about the team's mentality, and I, I admire it so much about Mississippi State baseball. If there's a strike left, the team believes they're going to win, and the fans believe they're going to win. If there's just a strike left, regardless of score, they believe they're going going to win. Saw the highlight yesterday uh, of Elijah McNamee's home run uh, in Tallahassee. Mississippi State was a strike away from going 0-2 in a regional. 0-2 in a regional, and that team went to Omaha. It's just something about them. Uh, Ole Miss fans, not so much. They have seen uh, many, uh, many a heartbreak, as you guys know, in multiple different ways, and the fans are generally less confident in their team. Part of that's got to be, too, because of the regional draw. I still, I mean, it's Thursday. It's Thursday, and I still have people and are seeing people argue about which regional's tougher. And I still can't wrap my mind around it. The seven seed is supposed to have an easier draw than the 12. They're supposed to. So it worked out exactly like it should. And nobody would trade. No no Mississippi State fan would trade their regional for Ole Misses. So stop crawling into our mentions and telling us. I mean, I've said this for three days now. People keep trying to convince me and others that, oh, State's regional is harder. It's not, and that's okay. You should be pumped about that. I said this on the radio show. If I if I were a State fan and I got that draw, I'd be fist pumping. Hell yeah, we got an easy draw. That means we're going to the Super Regional. Bring it on, Notre Dame. We'll see you in Starkville. If you survive, if you can get past Michigan, we'll see you in Starkville. That's the mentality you guys should have instead of trying to convince people like me that, well, the RPI says that the Starkville Regional is easier. Yeah, the RPI also says Fairfield's the second best team in the country. We're really going to pretend like the RPI is is useful this year? It's not. It's okay. I would much rather face VCU and Campbell and Samford than Southern Miss, Florida State, and SEMO with a legit starter. It's okay. You have an easier road. It means you should be more relaxed this weekend, more confident in your team instead of stressing out over watching Southern Miss dogpile on the mound like a few of my friends are. 
I've gotten I've gotten three messages from friends um describing how it's going to feel watching Southern Miss dog pile on their mound. Exactly. Chad, I mean yeah. State beat both Southern Miss and Florida State in their own home regional, so it bothers me not who they play. It sh- Thank you. Because it shouldn't. It shouldn't. The seven should get a tougher draw. I mean, VCU's won how many games in a row? 21? Something like that. And baseball's a, a funky sport. You, you don't win 21 games in a row by accident. And on the radio show yesterday, somebody said, you can't do that against Division Three teams sometimes. That's That doesn't happen by accident. That happens if you're playing good baseball. Campbell won their conference. Wasn't a wasn't a very strong conference. They had to beat Presbyterian to uh, to win their conference, but or no, they didn't win their conference. Presbyterian did. It was a two bid league. Campbell was the class of that league, and they got beat by Presbyterian to uh, to get eliminated in the conference tournament. That's why the Blue Hose are going to Nashville. I don't know if I shared this with you guys or not. Um, I did have a, a friend that went to Presbyterian College uh, text me and say, so how good is Vanderbilt? <laughs> and I said, if you haven't really watched your team all season, don't start now. <laughs> Those poor guys. I mean, they see guys that are going to be selling insurance next year every weekend. You know, with 85-mile-an-hour fastballs that don't really move and maybe a get-me-over-breaking ball, and now they're going to get Kumar Rocker, who's going to be pitching in the majors in a couple of years. <laughs> oh, man, those poor guys. The Blue Hose. Yeah, uh, Presbyterian football hired um, the the guy from Tennessee, Pulaski, Tennessee, that uh, that never punts or, or kicks field goals, that goes forward on every fourth down. Presbyterian football hired that guy. So there's your random fun fact that you don't care about of the day. Hey, Dad said it yesterday. The name brands of Campbell, Sanford, and VCU doesn't carry the weight of Florida State, Southern Miss, and SEMO. That's a factor in this easier-than-not discussion. It Sort of. Sort of. Um, but if Southern Miss played VCU in a series right now, who would win? If Florida State played Campbell in a series right now, who who would win? SEMO has a legit Friday night arm. Samford does not. It's not just the name brands. I mean, I'm sure that's that's a factor in it, but Southern Miss is a better baseball team than VCU and Campbell. For, I mean, I I promise you, if Campbell and Florida State played each other, Florida State would be heavily favored in the game. It's okay. I, I just I don't understand why this is such a point of contention still on this Thursday. I don't get it. It's quite all right that one's easier than the other. It's supposed to work out that way. That's how it should be. I think that means the committee did the right thing. If the seven has an easier road than the 12, good. That's how it should work out. Tennessee's got a gripe. If anybody's got a gripe, it's Tennessee. But the seven should be easier than the 12. That's how it should work out. And doesn't really matter who's in the regional because Ole Miss is better than they should be on paper better than Southern Miss and Florida State and SEMO. 
So if they just play to their capability, it doesn't matter what draw Mississippi State got. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't, anyway. It's been the weirdest thing, having people hand-wringing over, over regional draw. It's easier. It's okay. The RPI's flawed this year. That's okay, too. Be happy that you have VCU and Campbell. You should be. I would be. Doesn't matter. If you just take care of your own business, it doesn't matter what the other regional looks like. It's a foreign concept, I know, but anyway. Thank you. I got to go. Sadly, I I wish I could go on forever. I've got a lot of thoughts about a lot of stuff today, especially what happened in basketball last night. The Knicks got sent home. Well, it was a loss in the garden. But Trey Young hitting the game-clinching three and then bowing to Madison Square Garden. Love that. Uh, that's that's villain stuff right there, and I love it. Uh, watching Spike Lee leave with three minutes left made me happy. I'm so sorry that, that ESPN is going to lose the Knicks and they're going to lose the Lakers in consecutive nights. Now they're going to have to pretend like the Hawks matter. Shame. And what they're going to do all offseason now is ask who the Knicks need to get better instead of talking about the Hawks at all, the team that just, just beat them. Not, can we get Trey Young some help? It's going to be, oh, we need to get Trey Young to the Knicks. It's a joke. So I'm glad that they're suffering a little bit, and they're going to suffer again tonight when the Lakers lose. So that makes me happy. That makes me happy. Y'all have a great uh, rest of your day. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning as we get ready for regional play. Mississippi State and Sanford at 2, Southern Miss and Florida State at 2, and then Ole Miss and SEMO Friday night. So thank you guys for tuning in and engaging. Don't worry about whose regional draw is tougher. Mississippi State's going to win the regional. They're not going to lose a game regardless of who starts. They're not going to. That's my prediction. And uh, Ole Miss uh, is going to lose one game, but they will win the regional. That's my prediction. Uh, For whatever it's worth to you guys. So I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in. Glad you guys are with me. And uh, listen to the radio this afternoon as well if you can stand Richard Cross, which I know most of you can. So in the meantime, y'all have a good one. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.